Welcome to Buzzing with Bold. This is your host, Simon Doherty. Um, we've been away from the mic for the last five, six weeks. We've been working on getting our off-season program up and running. Uh, we're three weeks in to our off-season program. Things are going great. Um, Rox, how are we doing today? I'm feeling really good. Uh, it's nice to be back behind the mic with, uh, with the crew here. we got a pretty electric guest, so looking forward to getting into it here today. Right on. So the guest that we have today for our fifth episode of Buzzing with Bold is Jessica Condis. Check your pulse. Yes, she's uh, she's worked with us for about three years now as a trainer and has trained with us for about five years, I believe. So we're going to turn it over to you, Jess. I want to know how you're doing. How's things going in the, the life of Jessica Condis? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me on. Big fan of the show. Um, Things are good. Yeah, I've been, like you said, working in the gym past few weeks. So just really busy with that and yeah, enjoying it. Training as well though. I mean, Training, you're in here yeah. in the morning and working on your game. So yeah, it's nice to have you back, but. We'll, uh, we'll, get into the, we'll get into the history of Jess and kind of what her path was here very quickly. But um, to start it off, we're gonna be doing the seg and Rox has a great question for us to get us going. So I'll turn it over to him. All right, so seg today, I actually got into this with uh, with an athlete yesterday during one of the sessions, but uh, the question today is a controversial one. And to be honest with you, he ended up swaying me from my original decision. So this one's a deep, dark hole. There's a lot of layers to it. And I really need you guys to think about it uh, and you know understand what your answer truly means. So the question today, the seg is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh God! In your opinion, now I'm going to give you guys, you know, a brief moment. I'll go down my thought process here. Um, seems like a simple question, but there's a lot of layers, like I said. So, in my opinion, my personal opinion, I believe a hot dog is a sandwich. Okay, can you give me a little bit more uh, well, clarification? Well, originally, that? I was a I was a non-sandwich guy. I thought, you know, I was talking with Otto Hansen yesterday about this, but. I was like, there's no way a hot dog's a sandwich and I can already see Jess shaking her head. But he goes, well, there's one bun and is a sub not a sandwich? Would you consider a sub a sandwich? Well, Subway sandwich. Sub's a sub. Yeah. Mr. Sub sandwich. <clears throat> so on the rationale that a sub, sub. sandwich is considered a sandwich with one bun because you could easily argue that a sandwich needs two, but it doesn't always need that. Because that was my rebuttal. It's like, well, you need two buns for a sandwich. He's like, well, what about subs? And I was just baffled. So I originally I thought I was like, well, a hot dog's kind of its own thing. But that's my that's my call is a hot dog is a sandwich, in fact. To be honest with you, Rocks, um, I kind of like your, your first take on it, that it is not a sandwich. And I'll give you my reason why. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go the to to use the sub as an argument to say a subway sandwich i i agree a sub is a sandwich but a hot dog you're putting a big chunk of meat right in the middle and then you're putting condiments on it so the idea of a hamburger again big chunk of meat right in the middle and then you got the buns around subway sandwich you've got a bunch of deli meat which constitute the sandwich in my opinion and then you've got a bunch of... See, you've already contradicted yourself here, though. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's a meatball sandwich. <laughs> like, 
Those are some big chunks a of big meat. Chunk. In there, yeah, right? but we're like, talking bonzer. one. We're talking about something that that constitutes the whole surface area of the bun. Okay. And that's why it's in its own realm, in its own. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. Okay, so like I I'm, thought you were gonna go more like the, you know, you're putting lettuce, tomato, you're putting whatever you want for. No, but that's on a sandwich. Yeah, I know, but like there's lots of different sandwiches where you just got a piece of meat and uh, and and bread as well. Sure, but at what time have you ever? <laughs> at what time have you ever Peanut gone? Butter jam sandwich. Have you been no meat there? Have you been have you been saying to somebody, hey, hey Jess, uh, I'm gonna go grab myself a hot dog sandwich? Well, no, but you're also not saying, hey, I'm gonna go grab myself a Subway sandwich. You're just saying Subway. It's the same thing. All right, all right. That's an interesting point. Where are you on this, Jess? I'm just gonna go a hard. No, no it's not yeah, a sandwich. That's fair. It. I feel like they would have thought about it when you're creating the hot dog. Yeah, like, but you're calling. I need it a you hot to elaborate dog. more here, though. I need some I need some reasoning behind this. You don't put the like a hot dog wiener inside another. Lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've never put it between anything else other than a hot dog bun. Okay, that's fair. So then transitioning because hamburgers and hot dogs all you know usually pair those two together in the same category. Would I be correct there? Uh, yeah, I'd like say I'd say that's getting... I'd say that's right. And then you're barbecuing these things too, for the most part. I'd hope so. Yeah. You know, you're not barbecuing your sandwich. I don't. I don't think most of the time. That's well, fair. yeah. Also, yeah. but well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chicken sandwich. sandwich. Yes. Yeah. That's an See, interesting. That's okay. 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 What do you call it a health missile? Oh yeah, hot dogs are health missiles. Yeah. <laughs> Commonly referred to on the golf course after nine. I'm gonna go grab a health missile. I'll be right back. I've never heard <laughs> that, but I don't mind it. Years on the front and plus fifteen. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, right, we got it. We got a second one here today. Actually, I think slick. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I was thinking about, and Rocks Rocks wanted to to bring that to the the attention. But the second question that I've got for our guest today are: Who was your first celebrity crush? So the first person that you had a crush on that's a celebrity. Now I can I, to give you a little bit of context here, a Dannyism. Uh, I am going to tell you mine, which is Sarah Michelle Geller, also known as Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. Yeah, of course. Okay. Friday nights, eight o'clock, YTV. Yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller was my first crush. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great pick. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have much more to say on that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was a big Sarah Sarah Michelle Geller fan. She also played in horror movies. I know what you did last summer. Uh, Unreal gal, unreal gal. How about you there, Rocky? Well, I, I didn't necessarily grow up watching the show, um, but I'm gonna go with Jennifer Aniston for a few reasons, because to be honest, she's still my celebrity crush at wow. age plus 50. She looks unbelievable, you can't argue with that. She's 50? She's over 50, I think she's 51 or wow. 52. Okay. She's up there, but okay. uh, obviously a big star on Friends. Uh, great actress herself, but I mean, pretty not bad to look at still at 52 years old i mean when she was on when she was on friends though that was like the peak that was peak jennifer, jennifer aniston, aniston. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, yeah not much else to say there 54. she's 54 danny just told oh me. 54 okay. 
So I again, yeah, I hope, looks like she's. Hope in I look her, like that you know, when I'm 54. Late 30s, right? I now. mean, she was with Brad Pitt, probably well, one yeah. of the most. Uh, man, another well, man missile there. Man missile, yeah. <laughs> Health <Rocket>. missiles, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jess? Um, Who was your first celebrity well, crush? Well, so mine's gonna be a little different than you guys, and I hate. I don't always admit this one. I was a huge Jonas Brothers fan. Oh wow! No, it, just like which I one? Not the music. I Tell was, me you I'm had a, a bunch girl. of the posters on the wall in the bedroom no, and everything. I was a Joe girl, but I just I remember. <laughs> posters on the wall, that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I remember uh, I got like, this is embarrassing, but like these coloring things. And I only colored, well, I colored Joe and Nick. And then I think my brother <laughs> ripped them up and I started crying because he ripped up Joe. Oh, but, man. So okay, so what's your favorite crying. Jonas Brothers song? Are you still listening Not to them like, these days? I'm gonna be honest, no. Okay. They're okay. the late Jonas Brothers, I think, are better now. When they all separated, it was a little questionable. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, a, it was a tough time in your life, eh? I mean, not really. It's just, <laughs> it's just a crush, not not the music. But um, I don't know. I don't know what I like right now with their music. That's fair. I think Nick Jonas was popping off more okay. than the other ones. What did you call yourself there? A Joe girl? A Joe girl. Joe girl. Joe. Okay. Perfect. Oh, girl. I remember that. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate the, appreciate the insight there, Jess. That's, yeah. uh, I wasn't expecting Jonas no, Brothers, but I didn't either, but, um, before we get going, I want to, I want to make a little note. There's one of our, uh, crew is missing from today. That is Alex Allen. He is obviously one of the founding fathers at bold, but, um, we're really happy for him. He's in, if anybody's wondering where he is, he is in Connecticut right now working with um, some professional players and working with Ben Prentice. So Al might be joining us um, in the future in the summer, um, but he's getting his feet uh, set down in Connecticut and really, really understanding what he's doing. So um, we're happy for him. We're happy for his family. And you'll likely hear from Alex in the next uh, next month or two. Um, but we'll, we'll be finding a way to get him back on the pod. Um, before we move forward to the interview with Jess, we want to talk about uh, what's going on at Bold Athlete. Like I mentioned before, we're in the midst of our off-season program. So anyone that doesn't know Bold or is new to listening to this, our off-season program is where uh, Bold kind of started. Alex was going to school in Alabama and I was going to school in Victoria and we'd run a summer program. So uh, we've got 160 athletes in the gym right now. It is absolutely buzzing and yeah, just uh, we're in the middle of our GPP program. And yeah, uh, Rox, do you want to talk about what's going on in, in your world from a strength and conditioning standpoint? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like Simon's saying, it's extremely busy right now, but it's great. It's awesome to have, you know, all the boys and uh, and girls back into the gym uh, for the off season. It's the best, best time of year, in my opinion. It's the busiest, but, you know, this is kind of where we hang our hat and where you know, we get to make the most impact with all of our athletes. So stuff's definitely been busy, but it's been a great start to the off season. We're still missing a handful of people, but, you know, just taking their time to get back into the training world. But uh, yeah, things are really good and we're setting ourselves up here for, for a pretty electric off season, in my opinion. But what about you, Jess? How's the start been for you? I mean, you're obviously helping us coach right now. This is your third year, I want to say, third year, third summer. Um, so Jess is currently still playing hockey. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit more, but uh, I want to hear a little bit more about, you know, how coaching's been and you train in the mornings with me, but yeah, just how your experience has been so far these past two, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, first off, like training just for me, it's been 
again, I always enjoy it. I love coming to the gym here. Uh, it's been, I think, five years I've been working out here now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, yeah, every year you guys find a way to just like make it different. So this year it's been pretty cool. Even with the loss of Al, like we've still kept it rolling. So uh, yeah, really, really enjoying the morning sessions. But um, coaching wise, I think it's really cool. Like we kind of talked about it, our girls programs like increased a lot in numbers and I think that's really unreal because starting out here it was maybe how many girls were here when I started like two or three two or three yeah, yeah so now we're at what what's that number like 40, 40 50 no yeah it's almost 50 with the yeah. uh, with the girls in the junior program but we'll 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 chat more about that later on in the episode but to, mm-hmm. to give listeners an idea of where we're, we're taking this podcast um, we're going to be talking to Jess about her experience with with girls hockey and how she kind of grew up and then um you know just what the future holds for for girls hockey i think it's really bright and there's a lot of good things happening so we'll dive deeper into that um before we get going um one thing that we did in the past three weeks is we did our staff retreat now those who don't know about our staff retreat uh it's a really good time to bond as a team so each year we try to find a new place that we haven't been this year was in invermere bc so we rented a house out uh, we did a few presentations. We went golfing. Um, we had team dinners. Um, what else rocks? We NFL draft is a is a big thing that we do. Um, had we a watch. Beers. Yeah, a few a few <laughs> pints as a group, but uh, just overall <laughs> really brings the brings the group together. So, um, rocks. What was your favorite moment? Would you say of the staff retreat? Oh, there's so many. Uh, t- to be honest, on these staff retreats, it was a good crew this year because other than me and you, like no one else had been on one, I think right, uh, right. from the crew that we brought. So it's always funny to see people uh, cooking, in my opinion. That was like the, the those are the best moments for me because you kind of see where, I don't want to say age comes out, but like, you know, people who are still in university or uh, just don't love cooking, it comes out in those scenarios. And it's, we, you know, we divide the, the group into two teams and each team's responsible for cooking meals or certain days. So they all ended up turning out really good, but it's always interesting to see how people navigate the grocery store and cook these meals and things like that. But uh, the, the meals were great. And yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of the, uh, the staff retreat this month. What about you, Jess? Um, well, yeah, like obviously the intent behind the treat, like all the learning and everything is really cool. But I think it's just that like seeing everybody in their natural kind of habitat get get out of their shells um like I know I did quite a bit so I think just seeing that part of everybody seeing rocks break out the bucket hat rocks a little bit uh <laughs> I think that was pretty good hot tub but yeah, yeah it was yeah to give it. people a little bit of understanding on the bucket hats it was it was rocks's idea but he's a big bucky hat guy <laughs> and he made uh we we did some customized bold bucket hats so if anybody wants those we have a few left special edition um, but yeah, uh, game worn, game worn. Yeah, you can buy mine for yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, my my favorite part of the retreat, we did uh, some visualization cards from uh, that Marin McHugh, one of the OGs from Bold ID program, uh, gave us. But it's a it's a chance. We'd ask a kind of open ended question, and then you'd have to pick a a visual card that represented your answer, and it allowed everybody to kind of get deep into to who they were and and what their story was and and as a team i think it's just really important from what we try to do at bold to really 
really understand who we are. It's a lot more than just coming to work. It's uh, it's a family. So that was that was my um, favorite takeaway. Um, I want to introduce some of the new staff that that are here. But we've got Robin Ketchinson. We've got Luke Spadafora, um, Michael Hodge. These are all former players that are now part of our team. And then some of our uh, some of our interns that are new this year with us are Brody McGuire, Timmy Tyconic, and Izzy Posey, or Isabella Posey, if you'd like to call her Isabella. But yeah, just uh, we've got an electric crew here right now. Like I say, there's there's lots going on, but uh, we'll we'll keep the keep the updates coming. Um, some things to look forward to in the coming weeks. Next week, we've got the Bold Cup draft. Now, if anybody doesn't know anything about Bold Cup, um, we we draft all the 160 people that are part of our offseason program onto coaches teams and then we play basketball we play soccer we play spike ball we play basketball and then finally we finish it off with some baseball Haji and Spad's got some new new events for us this year but the draft is one of the most electric things we come out on the podium we announce our picks and the you know we tell the tell the athletes what team they've been drafted to and then we hold a little mini tournament think of Harry Potter and House Cup. Holy moly. Yeah. For anybody <laughs> oh that's God. watched Harry what Potter. A comparison. Yeah. But it's uh House it, Cup. It gets pretty sweet. Uh there's a lot of competition and it's a good way to just break things up from the from the intensity of the off-season program. Moving forward, we want to talk to Jess Condis and figure out her story. So to give you a little bit of a introduction on Jess, she was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. Um one of the one of the few that's that started here now she's she started playing with the boys uh in bow river association yeah. played a few years there then she went uh, one year in bantam AAA, and then ended up going to the edge for three years um she had a few really good years at the edge and actually got a scholarship to minnesota state in mankato and with the COVID year got to spend five years playing for that team um jess you were a captain is that right yeah, I think assisted captain my last three years, I think. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, and then from Minnesota State, she went to play professionally in Sweden this past season. And then we're going to talk to her about what the future holds for for Jess. So pretty pretty cool story. And as a, as a coach at Bold, she's got um, a lot of insight to give our young, not, not only our female athletes, but the, but the boys as well. So um, moving into it. Uh, Jess, how did you get into hockey and what was it like starting out playing with the boys? Yeah, um, well, my br older brother started playing, so he's three years older than me. And it was that typical, you know, I saw him play, needed to get out there and do what he was doing. So he was kind of like my role model growing up, not to get too soft about that, but he basically, yeah, just got me into the sport. I wanted to go play right away. All we knew was that there was boys hockey didn't really know about girls hockey so just started there and I think growing up I just wanted to play with the boys anyways it was just more intense and grew up that way so yeah that's basically just how it started there so gr so growing up playing hockey did you play any other sports that you kind of stuck with or just like non-recreational kind of out in the backyard type of thing no yeah I played every single sport I could I think my parents kind of I don't know if they enjoyed that or not, but we tried to play every single thing that we could. Going out all the way through 
all the way till high school till I went to the edge. I think that's when I started just focusing in on hockey till like my last year when I graduated. But the other sport I was really big into was uh, softball. So I got, did pretty well in that sport for, like, for myself. Uh, ended up almost going to play college or do a dual uh, scholarship, but just stuck with hockey. So where's these softball skills in Bold Cup? I mean, like I've missed that event every oh, year. I've been oh, saying it. Okay, that makes this sense. year the excuses come out with yeah, Jess yeah. all oh, the time. I wasn't there. Sure. Sitting Cup. on the bench. Condes' crew. <laughs> I don't know if she's changed the name for this year, but Jesters. The Jesters. That's oh, right. The God. Jesters. Yeah. But they've they've historically been pretty bottom of the barrel. Yeah, bottom of the barrel. Oh, bottom of the standings. Um, but there's always there's always some sort of excuse that I want to hear. But <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm not even gonna start, yeah, because you're just gonna say it's an excuse again. Well, but. the biggest thing with Bold Cup is like you haven't like this year. I think you have a really good understanding of like all the athletes and their capabilities in these different sports. Like, yeah. I know my first time drafting my team for Bold Cup, it was like I'd make a pick and everybody in the room would like Ooh. start giggling and be like, "Oh, nice pick!" And I'm like, "Okay, well." <laughs> That was probably not good, but uh, yeah, it's like first time picking a team. You're kind of just like shooting into a barrel and hoping you get something good. But yeah, I've, I've got a question about the softball there, Jess. Mm -hmm. um, at what point did you have to make a decision of where you were going to take the scholarship between hockey and baseball? And what what opportunities did you have through softball? Was there some pretty big schools that you had an opportunity to go to? Yeah. It, um, so basically, like literally when I was going to signed my scholarship for hockey that's when i was like obviously i'm doing hockey like i was looking for that opportunity and i think still in the summer there for that my grad graduating year that summer i was still playing softball and my coaches were all kind of like pissed at me just for picking hockey off the bat but um they were trying to like get me into the mankato program there and talk with the coaches and stuff so i actually met them when i first got down there we talked about the potential, like me being a practice player or whatever, like doing both kind of thing. But um, yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of too much doing the two sports first time in college and school. So um, I had, we had a girl catcher, catcher coach, back catcher coach, I don't know what you want to call that, but yeah. uh, she played at Ohio and she kind of had a bit of a connection there for me. So there's the I didn't really look too much into it, but I think there was that possibility to go, yeah, play in the States, play well, college, maybe Ohio or something. Especially going to Minnesota State, you could have been uh, Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson. <laughs> of the, oh, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> you know, did, was, did you take that possibility? Were you ever serious about that, looking at two sports? It could have been a, how did the seasons align and did they cross over quite a bit or how would it, how would it have worked? Yeah, like I looked at it, I wasn't too serious just because, again, college, like the schedule, um, you're practicing, like if you're not making practices and that kind of thing, and because you're missing for the other sports, kind of like coaches looking at that, unless you're whatever, maybe the all-star, depends on the team, but I don't think you're going to be getting the best playing opportunities if you're missing practice all the time. So I think I just after my freshman year and like after a couple years into it, I was like, oh, it would have been really cool. But I think, yeah, just sticking with hockey was my goal like the whole way. So was that decision, that was, you said it was primarily made in like grade 11, grade 12-ish? Yeah. Yeah, so that would have been when you kind of made the transition to edge then? Or was that yeah, a little like, bit before? 
My second second third year in Edge. Okay, so you played a year of AAA girls hockey before Edge, and yeah, then... and then the three years in high school was yeah. with the. So what made you kind of make that transition to edge and like, what was the thought process there uh, just in regards to like your development and why you thought it would have kind of elevated your, your opportunities to get, you know, post-secondary looks. Yeah. um, So I don't, I don't know who knows this, but my first year in Bantam AAA, I tried out as a forward. And so I grew up playing defense my whole life, but I was like, I'm going to girls hockey, not, not to be that way against the girls hockey, but I was like, I thought I could, be successful as a forward, wanted to try it out. So I made it as a forward, but uh, they switched me to defense as soon as I started making the Alberta Cup and everything, all that stuff. I tried out as a D because that was my strong suit. So switched me back to D and then I knew Carla McLeod was going to edge. And I had quite a few other friends I met through hockey who went all went to school at edge and they were just talking about it. and. Honestly, I do think Carla was a big influence for it, like just with her background and coaching and everything, played on the national team. Um, thought, yeah, like she was a defenseman. She could help me develop pretty good. And just that league, I think it was the JWHL at the time. I think it switched to the CSSHL right now, but it was just the most competitive for girls that we knew of. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. I mean, like having a, having a, uh, I don't want to say tool, but like having a lot of connections within hockey. So I'm sure she was a big help with like, you know, having a look at NCAA hockey and things like that. But uh, what was your process getting a scholarship to to Minnesota State? And like, did you have a lot of options on the board or was that kind of like an easy decision off the bat or what was that looking like for you? Yeah, I had like a few. Um, It's pretty crazy because back then too, I really didn't think of that process or know like how to do any of that until they're like you're getting into that age age level like grade 11 where they're like oh have you thought about post-secondary I'm like what do you mean like thought you know people just kind of reach out to you or just tell you you hey I want you to come play kind of thing but uh Carla was really good for that because obviously she did that played at Wisconsin so she knew that process and then kind of got us going with getting your name out but the league we were playing in got us quite a bit of like exposure and stuff and uh, my biggest thing, this is where I met the head coach for Minnesota State, John Harrington. He met me at the U18 Team Alberta like championship tournament. So that was my, I think when I was, that was my first year playing on that team. And that's when he kind of recruited me, met me, had a little chat. Um, I had him always in my back pocket, had a couple other schools in the same league, like St. Cloud and all that. like. Mm other ones some uh cis schools i remember we reaching out but ultimately my goal was still ncaa div one and knowing carla too i knew about that league it's called the wcha within that uh ncaa and that was the that was the league i wanted to play in it was known as the best league in the ncaa i still think it's up there i think it's probably the best competition so not to be biased but yeah i just wanted to play in that league and then it was a really good offer couldn't really turn down so I, I've got a question. So we've we've got a bunch of the fire girls obviously train here in the in season, a bunch that are part of our off season program, and I I, I think a bunch of these girls that uh, join Bold hope for if they could get a scholarship, it would be unbelievable and something that they're all kind of working towards. But if you do, you have any advice for these girls trying to get their name out there and trying to find a scholarship? Like what? 
um, you know, it sounds like you you met that coach and you were able to set that set that foundation and like you said, have them in your back pocket. But what advice would you give to girls that are trying to um, trying to get trying to get some uh, awareness or trying to trying to find yeah, some yeah. sort of uh, recognition so that they can get a scholarship themselves? Yeah. Um, I mean, nowadays those showcase tournaments are really popular and this could be a controversial controversial opinion, but um, for me, I think you're gonna get the notice throughout your play throughout the league and everything. And obviously getting your name out there, trying to meet coaches, like it's gonna help. But uh, just trying to play at that top level that you can reach, I think is gonna be your best bet. Like, yeah, the showcases help and everything. Um, I never was a really big part of those. Like I never really went to a lot of them, but I think, yeah, it's just get your connections, like find out who you know kind of thing. Like these girls working out here, obviously they have me as a resource too to maybe throw their name into a coach's ear that I know. Like I think, like I had Carla to help me like reach out. So I think finding people that you have connections through is a big part of it. Um, and then just another thing with that, like don't ever like close any doors with it. Like you can have someone giving you an offer, but you never really want to say no right away. Like you always just want to, you know, like keep your options open. Yeah. Keep your options open. Say like, yeah, okay. I could be interested or just don't ever like shut it down right away. Cause you never know what's going to happen or what else you're going to get from it. Love it. So I'm kind of getting a little off topic here, but I think this is a good, uh, good opportunity to chat about this. So like you're currently coaching a spring hockey team, correct? Uh, a women's team, right? You know, yeah, women's uh, team. U15 and U18. Yeah, so I, we've had a little bit of chats about this on the side, but I just kind of want to hear your opinion on, um, you know, your role as a coach and what you see is, and I don't want to say lacking, but things that you've noticed with female hockey players that are holding them back in regards to making that next level. And I know we've kind of chatted about this and regards to how they show up to ice times and how groups of girls are in the gym and stuff like that. And I'm not saying they're any different than guys. It's just there's things that they do a little bit differently in regards to preparation and depending on who they're surrounded with. Um, is there anything that you've noticed with that being a coach with the spring team or being on the ice with all of these girls or any advice of like how they can, you know, um, stand out from the crowd essentially? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think right now just a big thing in girls hockey is always going to be skill development um like with that it's not just like being able to do a toe drag it's more like how you apply that in the game kind of thing and i think that's like a huge thing that we work on the ice here too um we work on our little skills at the start but then it's always a progression into how it like you do it in a game like that game play um a big thing i think like talking about the difference between guys and girls is just like that intensity level. Like you see it only in the top level with girls is just the way that they show up. Like you said, like every day they show up and they compete. Like it doesn't matter. There's some girls here, like we're out there with the guys. They don't care who is with them kind of thing. They're always yeah. going to give like a hundred percent, like throw a girl in the guys group. Like she should still go out and compete hard. That kind of thing. Like guys are always out there. They might be doing like mindless effort, but it's always like with that intensity all the time. Whereas girls, it's kind of like they walk the line kind of thing. They don't want to do something 
like, I don't know, wrong or mm. kind of thing or like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that little sure. hesitation to just compete all the time. I think uh, the girls that I've seen have, that have been most successful, like in the gym and in my spring teams, it's just like that endless compete level and intensity. Yeah, and I think like just hearing you speak about that, like that's definitely something that you've brought to the gym and bold yourself. Like you've always been with the junior college pro guys in the morning, you're skating with these guys. Like when we're playing sewer ball with all these guys, like you, your effort level and compete is always there. And like you're saying, like sometimes you'll see girls shy away from that when they are in those opportunities, but it's such a good opportunity to get better and challenge yourself and be uncomfortable in those situations. So I think you've done a great job of that yourself. And obviously you've had success being able to, you know, get an NCAA offer and, and play professionally and continue to play professionally. But I think that's just such a good uh, mindset to have that every time you show up to something that it's hundred percent effort, no matter who's out there. Right. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just want to speak, I'm going to toot your horn a little bit here, Jess, but, uh, you know, the, the five years that Jess has been here, uh, I can honestly say she's top five most consistent people in the gym. Um, and you know, when we talk about that intensity as Rox was alluding to, it is always there. And, um, it's just a, a credit to you and the way you go about your business and knowing when, uh, when it's time to work. And I, I just think for any of the girls that are listening to this and, um, it's not just coming in here and, and hanging out with the with the girls. There's there's time to work, and if you if you really pay attention to the way Jess goes about her business, it's uh, it's something to be applauded. Um, and and there's a reason why she has been as successful as she has. So sorry to sorry to pump your tires there, Jess, but I needed to say it because it's been it's really stood out. Yeah, thanks. Um, we wanna we wanna talk about your time at Minnesota State, and Rox has a great question here. I'm gonna let you ask it. Yeah, so obviously like uh, time at college is a really f fun experience and there's uh, a lot of things that happen away from the rink, but I want to hear if there is one, um, your first rookie party at college. Uh, I want to hear like a pretty wild story if you got one. There has to be one. Or one that you can talk about. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be a rookie party um, either or maybe just like something something because like you always hear about the the guys parties and stuff like that like yeah. i want to hear a little bit more about what happens with the uh with the freshmen on the women team well i don't know whatever this is like typical for me from what i've heard but it's always the costumes yeah okay so there's actually only me and two other girls at the start of my freshman year so there's three of us and then a fourth one joined halfway in i think but uh so we get split up between like the rest of the girls on the team. They each like they create three groups because there's the three freshmen. They all take one of us and then they have a theme for the costume and stuff. So I was Hugh Hefner oh, man. and my uh, vets were like bunnies, the bunnies yeah. yeah, in the robes and stuff. So that's pretty nice. Oh, I was I, like, I was getting dressed up like a girl. I had like a soother oh, in my mouth. They were, I had a thong on. Yeah. Like you're Hugh Hefner, fully clothed, and these, you know, like well, pretty wild. Yeah, when I was a senior, it was a bit worse. But um, I, honestly, I don't even. Well, I don't remember any <laughs> crazy things that happened like that night or anything. One girl was she just came in from North Dakota. She got like their team got cut. Um, so they dressed her up as like it all in her North Dakota gear and her like group was yeah. like a bunch of pairs of scissors. Oh man. To, like, cause they got That's snipped. Pretty savage, so yeah. I thought okay. that was pretty, Whoa. like pretty funny. But, uh, the only thing I remember is just the guys had the same rookie party day as us. So they were all coming over and yeah, they had 
pretty bad costumes too like yeah. just guys in thongs and stuff and <laughs> you had to wear your outfit downtown too yeah um but at one point we were all there's a basketball court right outside like our little college town area i don't know how it happened but at one point we're all just out there and then like cha-cha slide came on or something and just without hesitation literally everybody just stopped what they were doing they're all in lines on the basketball court and we're just <laughs> cha-cha sliding yeah. in front of like all Everybody, of like college yeah. town and Mankato like all dressed up all too, the yeah. like who are these hockey players That's kind of hilarious. thing but yeah nothing too crazy my freshman year with rookie party that I had. I'm, That's fair. I'm curious what was the what was the relationship between the guys team and the girls team at, at Mankato oh yeah it was good like like were you guys we, really close yeah like we shared facilities and okay. we were both the only like hockey was the only D1 sport, so we kind of shared that too. But uh, yeah, we were all pretty close. Like there was a couple couples from, yeah, like guys and girls dating on the team. So obviously, you know, we're all gonna have like parties together and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, at the rink, like it was easy. We're, we're sharing like the gym and the training room and stuff. But yeah, it was always- Was that one of the funny, funnest times of your life being part of uh part of Mankato and, and doing that college experience, having that college experience? Oh, yeah, it, like for any girls looking to go play, like mm -hmm. just playing college, it's so fun. Like even the guys I would encourage, like I know they have junior and college like to figure out where they wanna go, but just yeah. the college experience, it's so fun. Like you make so many stories and just like, it's almost just not real cause you're just in college. So you have that as an excuse. You're just that phase of your life. You can do whatever you want, but uh. Yeah. yeah friendships are awesome like i'm still close with all the girls from my class and other classes so yeah yeah just it makes me think <laughs> rocks the, there was a staff retreat they were heading out to i believe it was fernie um and uh alex had some pretty hilarious stories about the the diaper parties or <laughs> um some of the rookie things so once once he gets back we'll have to hear but it uh I, i've heard some unbelievable stories from well the grossest one is yeah to do a like a shot with a minnow in it. Oh, really? I've done that before. You've oh, done yeah. That? <laughs> I didn't get forced to do it either. No. Yeah, no, no, no you can't. It's a party trick. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone listening, nothing's forced. Beta but... fish. It was someone's pet. <laughs> I ate someone's pet, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, we've got, you know, you've probably. <laughs> Sorry, a beta pet? <laughs> well, you know, like beta fish. No, the fighting ones. They're like they're little. They're like oh. they're a little bit bigger than minnows. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, we were having a party one day and I just like, I don't know. I it was obviously Hungry? pretty deep into it. But <laughs> Took it right out of the tank. Just, well, the whole party, well, I guess I did get kind of forced into it, but they just started chanting, eat the fish, eat the fish. <laughs> so I just grabbed it and buried it. Oh, and yeah, the whole party went crazy, but uh, it was pretty, not a great moment in my life, but. Oh, good story. Lost a pet. Um, Going going back to the hockey, just I just I want to know like uh, you've probably had a lot of different coaches and different coaching styles. Um, did you uh, did you have more primarily girls coaches when you were when you were playing, or was there was it more guys? Like how did they how did the styles differ from from males and and females? And um, yeah, is there is there one coach that sticks out to you in particular? Yeah, um, well, it's kind of honestly like growing up it was always guys coaches and then once I got into girls hockey obviously the girls coaches came into play um and then at college my head coach was a guy but yeah like I'm gonna for anyone who knows me like, I've talked about her a lot and she did have a 
big impact on my like hockey development, but it was like Carla McLeod was a mm-hmm. pretty unreal coach for me, just with her experience and knowledge of the game. Like you can still now, like she's she coached Team Japan. Um, now she's with Team Czech, I think, and like they're building. She's building those programs up, and That's awesome. I think they won gold at their last two tournaments for like the women's worlds i think so mm-hmm. she, yeah she was a pretty big standout coach but um yeah as i like going into college too with the guys coaching like i think nowadays i'm not sure but now it's like guys coaching girls they it's becoming more popular and i think i don't know how they feel about it all the time i've been asked even by other guys coaches on like my spring team they try not to differ in the way they coach but sometimes they just need to um yeah personally like me i love like a harder coaching style like i respond to it and everything like that so i try not to like encourage them to be that different but obviously like a coach you're just gonna figure out how your players tick kind of thing and go from there but uh yeah i don't know i think just like the different dynamic you can't always be saying some stuff that you would say to the guys obviously that you're saying to girls and everything like that but I think for the most part top level girls that I know again it's that same thing like they respond to it pretty well so I don't know I think it's a it's a pretty good debate to have I think yeah, like, it, it could be preference yeah based on the based on the athlete yeah I think so <clears throat> okay um you know so you you went from Mankato and then you you got uh you got a contract in Sweden so last year you played in Sweden um what was it like playing in Sweden and, and what city did you play there? Uh, can you give us a little bit of, of your experience um, going from Mankato to Sweden? Yeah, so I played in, it's called Tabby, Sweet, uh, Stockholm. It's like... District of Sweden? Or yeah. District of Stockholm? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it's Tabby, Stockholm, whatever. But um, it's like a 20 minute ride, probably north of Stockholm. So whatever, it's really nice there. You can literally just take the train down to Stockholm. It's a pretty cool place to live. But uh, yeah, I got kind of, I wouldn't say like recruited, but a girl from the team there who used to play in Calgary here uh, messaged me saying like, hey, we're looking for some players, whatever defensemen, are you interested in coming to Sweden? That kind of thing. Got into talks with their GM and everything. Sounded, I knew some girls who played there previous years. So I just like, asked them some questions they all talked about the program and everything like that it was a really nice program like the people there were great the managers like unreal it was like a family vibe but uh yeah it was a really cool experience like just being in another country just to see how that league is over there and everything like obviously i think i told you guys we were talking about that but they started checking in that league like okay. full body contact you so. led the uh, there's a yeah. i think you told us you led the league in penalty minutes Can i you... think i was tied yeah. wow but um there's okay that's a story in itself but i was only around like 20 minutes the whole season and then i got kicked out of like one of our last games so that was 10 in a game so that bumped me up to so you led 50. the league with 50 PIMs? What did you do? What did you do to like, get this? tied with 50, yeah. 50 PIMs? Yeah. Wow. What, 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 uh, what did you do to get kicked out of the game? Just a body check. Like, yeah. I'm a defenseman. Girl's coming down the boards. Like, she just crosses over my blue line. 
I'm kind of angling her off into the like the wall and she the initial call was actually interference which I just don't get how you get kicked out of a game for <laughs> interference but she dumps the puck in like what you get one one second like one two seconds right away she dumps it I just step up Scott Stevens just hammer well not even though it's just shoulder right into her chest and like a clean probably textbook definition of what a body check should be but I don't know they called interference and then they looked back because she laid on the ground for longer than I guess you're supposed to yeah and then (laughs) they decided to kick me out wow bruiser my god bruiser good bams look out yeah no doubt yeah that's a lot yeah well I mean like that playing in Europe is always like uh, it's interesting because I feel like especially I remember last year you were trying to figure out where you wanted to play and it's always like the unknown of where you're going in Europe, especially in, like uh, guys deal with it too. But like, if you don't get to go and see where you're playing, you're kind of just like hoping it turns out to be a good organization and taking the coach, coach and GM's word for what you're walking into. Um, so walking into this team in Sweden, was it ex- what you expected? Or there's things that, you know, could have been done better, vice versa. Um, and then just like the overall structure of the league there, like how was that? Yeah, um, I got the kind of like that warning speech, not warning, but like just be prepared coming out of college, you're in a D1 program, you're not going to have all the same facilities and everything, but uh, I think I did expect a little more than they had when walking in there. Um, Yeah, you kind of had to take like people's word, like you said, like just from what girls were saying, obviously they're just talking about the team, but no one mentioned like I show up to the rink and it's like back to my community hockey days kind of thing and you're you're uh, walking from your dressing room like out you gotta walk across like the gravel pathway into the rink like in skate guards yeah like you're really? fully dressed yeah and then you're walking out in your rubber skate so i didn't even have like the hard rubber skate guards at the start i'm wearing my little soft cloth ones over oh. my blades and i'm just walking out onto the gravel road like I'm like, I don't know oh, what else to crazy. do. No one's telling me anything. I'm like, okay, I got to go do that. Um, and then they're like, you need some rubber skate guards. Like I have some, so do those on. But like, I don't want that to take away from what that league was. Like they're still developing and they're building that program. Um, some teams, obviously, we didn't have a men's program with that team, uh, the SDE. So we didn't really get like that same money, like income that other teams had with a men's pro team. So there was that little part of it, but uh, I think it's still like a great league. I would say like, obviously after our North America leagues here, like that's easily a top league for women's hockey. It was really cool to play there and everything. And just that big ice too. And I think you see it now more in the women's worlds tournaments, like those teams, like team Finland and everything like those players are really better, good better, yeah, yeah and they're competing and a team that we played they're called lulio um we played them and it's basically team finland like you're playing all those top players so it was really cool like just to play at that level still and i think they could easily come over here and play but yeah they just need i think they just need that money part of it and yeah how how is the language barrier out there can you speak any swedish and if so, can you give can you give listeners a a line in Swedish? Uh, hey. Oh come That's on high. now. Hi. Hey. Hey, hey is hi. Yeah, right. Well, you never um, learned how to like order a drink in Swedish or anything like that. No. School. 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 I knew school. Yeah. Um, 
I okay, like I got a little bit like the easy, like thank thank yeah, you yeah. is like tack yeah. talk tack whatever. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But uh, everyone like spoke English, yeah. so it was really easy. Sometimes like part of me was like, oh, I wish maybe they didn't so much, so I learned more. But the only thing there is like they're so reserved or walking down the street here if i'm walking my dog or something and i pass somebody like i'm gonna say hey like mm. hi yeah there it's just i was a dog walker actually too <laughs> no way you had a job as a dog walker yeah. oh my yeah. god did you Side have the, did you have the little uh, I got belt with <laughs> yeah. like 19 dogs off you no i only had like two. Oh. i had i had like a mom and daughter lab pairing but yeah. uh i'd walk around just for some extra cash <laughs> just dog walk get some uh, they call it fika it's like the coffee and treat yeah, stuff yeah. get some money for that but um if anybody yeah. needs uh, a we'll professional dog walker uh yeah, we'll, we'll put just jess's details <laughs> in the God. show notes <laughs> weekends only yeah uh, um but yeah so it's like i miss that so much just being able to like have conversations with people in public that kind of thing and that human contact it's like there no one no one really wants to talk to you or this they always seem yeah, I think that's like part of the Scandinavian culture. I've been yeah. in Norway, and it's like if you come up to somebody and say hi, they're they're kind of like, yeah, like who what are, are you? Like, what are you doing? Out, there's like what five hours of daylight or something too. Oh my god, yeah, like it's like dark there three. all the time. Yeah, I was I was struggling in the winter. Yeah. So it's pretty it's like, depressing. People are reserved. It's dark yeah. all the time. Like yeah, that's an interesting mixture for sure. But they're really big into the you know like the ice baths. And stuff i love those yeah you would love it so. sonic sonic culture too <laughs> yeah. is, is that in sweden or is it only finland no it's in sweden too okay. yeah they're huge about that but like this little lake i'd walk around they have they have like areas where you they have like a big shed and you can just like strip down your swimsuit you just see in the summer everybody's swimming non-stop like going for their cold dips in the winter they like break the ice hmm. everyone's popping in there unreal yeah you didn't get to experience midsummer did you obviously not no no that no. um yeah i've uh i've heard i've heard unbelievable things about that but yeah um <clears throat> yeah uh just what did you find the biggest difference was from college hockey to professional um i think again it's that and i think the women's league is working on it right now um was actually like i was talking to you guys a bit before this podcast we were talking about that uh the new leagues here like the pwhpa and the phf it's they still don't have that same ncaa div one feel yet i think okay. just like all those accommodations and everything so i think it's coming out of that it's still trying to be a pro but like women's hockey we're just not there yet right as compared to like the WNBA and like women's like pro soccer league they just don't have anything sustainable for women's pro like hockey players so I think just like getting used to that adjustment like coming out of college like I yeah it's, it's, you're living pretty nice there like with all your facilities and everything like not to mention with with college too there's title nine and then yeah uh, but it's even um, you have to spend the same amount on the girls as the guys is that correct I think title nine was that yeah I I honestly I don't know the okay. exact yeah. thing but something yeah. to do with like yeah it has to be like equal between the guys and the girls mm -hmm. um but yeah and like once you go to pro it's like not like that anymore gotcha um you know you, you talked about the PWHPA a little bit and um I, I just want to learn a little bit more 
kind of what, what you know you're, you're you did sweden last year what's the future hold for jess and um what are we working on in regards to uh the pwhpa and you know what's in the future for jess yeah um i mean i don't want to like give too much away yet i'm not sure if i'm allowed to but basically i want to keep playing pro hockey and the goal for me is playing here in north america in like that sustained women's pro league um so right now yeah i'm in the works with trying to crack a roster if it's going to be that way with the pwhpa here um i think they're in the i'm not too sure like what's happening with that league right now um but i think it is looking up in that sense so for me the goal there is just getting a tryout hopefully get whatever an evaluation be able to crack a roster um yeah i just want to play in the with the best players that there are for women's hockey so i'm just going to keep trying to do that that's my goal um i think it'd be really cool too if it's still here in calgary like if i get a play here and then keep working here at the gym too like i'm looking forward to that i've talked chatted with you guys about that too so yeah for hockey i think it's just playing in the best league that there is keep trying to go there so now there's there's been a lot of growth in the pwhpa um can you give our listeners just an idea of of you know when we look at it from three four years ago to where it's at now um what's some of the what's some of the growth that the league's seen and, and what are they doing to really grow their game of women's hockey yeah like by no means am i part of that union or whatever like the girls developing it obviously but like I know a few girls that have been playing in that league and like some of the coaches and everything. And just from what they've been telling me too and just watching, like it started out, they're trying to showcase the game, right? So they're just trying to get more people involved and watch women's hockey and like support it. And so they started by just doing, they called it like the Dream dream Gap Tour, I think. Basically a bunch of just showcase weekends where they go play tournaments um, throughout the year, like four or five. And it's like, it's your top players, you know, Olympic teams, uh, Roxanne, <laughs> Hillary Knight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting into that here right now for sure. It's a great opportunity. But, uh, <laughs> so it's like the best of the best women's hockey players all playing against each other in the league. I think there's four teams. Um, and yeah, they play tournament style. And now that that is like, I think the Dream Gap Tour is developing now, I think into a new league hopefully um again i don't think i can speak too much about it but um yeah i think their goal is to obviously partner up with the nhl and stuff like that get the full support and develop like a women's professional hockey league just like the nw or wmba wmba yeah geez yeah. wmba did with the uh, nba that kind of thing right right that's exciting times in girls hockey it sounds like yeah yeah i think we're definitely progressing so it's really cool there's uh, there's a crazy story I gotta say right now because this is like, for me this was something so wild because everything you're saying Jess I completely agree with but there's still like, to me there's such a missing piece to it, um, and I'm not sure what it is uh, and just in regards to the exposure, uh, female hockey players get and things like that, um, but this past year we were myself and Alex we. Uh, bold here we train uh, the U18 AAA Fire in Calgary like one of the best teams in Alberta um, and like the highest level you can play at that age 
uh, we were doing our mobility tests on the table with all the girls and we asked every single girl if they knew who Hillary Knight was. And I want to say 95% of them said no. Yeah, like that's crazy. Which is, and I know you've had experiences like that too, where you're naming off, you know, Canadian national players who are well-known players like Poulin and Nurse and all these mm-hmm. girls. And they look at you like, I got no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. But they all know who Ovechkin is. They all know who Crosby is. So it's like, it's a really interesting topic where it's like, some of these girls who are playing on these national teams who are arguably some of the best athletes, female athletes in the world, the development leagues of these U18, AAA, um, probably even some of these college girls, like they don't know who are playing at the next level. So it's like, how can you make it feasible and actual goal to make it to the next level if you don't even know who's in those levels, right? So it was like a crazy thing to hear like, I think I asked one of the girls and she's like, yeah, I think she's an actress or something. And it's like, <laughs> come on, like, that's oh crazy, God. right? So, yeah. like, to me, that's a massive barrier to female development in hockey is just, like, exposing these girls to stars in the sports and, like, in the sport itself, sorry. And I, I, I don't know what the answer is um, because, honestly, you just got to go on Instagram and they should pop up. Like, yeah, I, I don't get it. TikTok these days, yeah, they're it's all like, over it, yeah. It's everywhere so it's these algorithms i tell you i don't know but uh <laughs> it's yeah it was crazy to to hear but i i want to hear any story like in relevance to that that you've had uh you know with young players or just like knowledge around like i know you were chatting with your spring team like hey are you guys watching the world championships right now it's like canada versus us and everyone's looking at you like um uh, like what are you talking about yeah like they thought i was talking about like world juniors or something yeah. like yeah practice one day and literally just go to the girls like anyone watching the game tonight and they're like what game like uh canada us like it's like world juniors or what, what are you talking about I'm like uh like women's team canada versus team usa like probably the biggest rivalry in a, like a women's sport i could argue and yeah no one no one had a clue i'm like if you guys want to make it to that level or i just simply asked them that question i'm like well how many of you guys just like want to play pro hockey or something like that and they of course just like blank stare like oh so none of you have that goal you're just playing hockey right now for fun kind of thing like oh well no like yeah i want to play at that next level kind of thing I'm like okay well there's your opportunity like i can't sit here and make you do video or something like that like that's just i think that's that side of the game that girls lack too is like just like that hockey sense the hockey iq but just watching it like watch the players that you're trying to be like and yeah. be like okay what do i need to get my game to be like uh, that and there's some stars in the sport too like amanda kessel oh yeah uh, obviously yeah, uh huge players, huge players um you know when i was growing up it was always cassie campbell Haley wickenheiser mm-hmm. um danielle goyette mm-hmm. uh but i here's what i will say is that this isn't just the girls no, it's a little sure. bit we have the same issue with some of our our, our guys athletes or our boys athletes that don't know the history of the sport. Oh, for sure. You yeah. know, when we talk about you know, Alex and I, our favorite players growing up were Paul Career and Eric Lindros. They don't have a clue who those people <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, that's true. And so it's, I, I do wonder, you know, uh, with, with some of these athletes trying to grow, it's like, do you guys actually watch the sport and know what's going on and have a little bit of a, an understanding of the history of the, of the game you're trying to, to go in. So, yeah. um, but it, but it's actually cool. I think, uh, 
Amanda Kessel and um, Keller. I can't remember, um, but they have a new. They have Megan a Keller. Megan yeah. Keller. Yeah, they have a podcast that mm-hmm. it's been released. I think Hillary Knight has her own podcast. Um, do you know any of these podcasts? Do you ever listen to them? Yeah, I've actually listened to that one, the Keller and Kess one. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's through that Torch Pro. Yep, that's right. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, I've listened to those ones too, and I think that's great. Like, and it's literally so simple for them. Like, they just get their teammates on and yep. literally just talk, like, shoot the shit, whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah. just talk about how they grew up and stuff. But it's like, you find like everyone has that same path growing up. Like, oh yeah, I played boys and then I went to this league, blah blah blah. blah. Like, I don't know. It's just really cool to see how all those top level women's athletes grew up the same as like what a lot of these girls did so it's like why aren't you watching them and they're the same as you so why yeah don't you try to be like them more well it's like it's just such a mindset thing right yeah. and I, that's what we talked about at the start of the podcast was just like what's the difference between girls who make it and girls who don't and it's the same thing with guys mm-hmm. like you'll talk to some nhl players like they played junior b or whatever it is right like um some paths are a lot different than others but it's like understanding that you need to have a certain mindset that you need to know what the next level looks like like if you're just showing up to the gym sessions showing up to the ice sessions just doing it because you have to or you're just playing your sport or you're just kind of going through the motions well yeah like if you don't even know who plays pro hockey you're probably not going to make it there yeah. and it's the same thing with guys like we struggle with this every year with them too is like they show up they go through the motions they have no emphasis on getting better um and they just say stagnant and then by the time midget hockey ends that's the end of their career right well you you talked about it too like the the toe drags yeah everybody's working on their toe drags but you know be a student of the game yeah you know under understand what's going on and and the the players that we see go on have that have that hockey iq and that comes from a little bit of of looking at some of the best that, that do it unbelievably. So it's a, a great uh, point to bring up. I want to move on into into training in female sport. Now, I want to give a little bit of a story on the on the background of our girls program at Bolt. So Jess, I think you came in maybe the second year our girls program was going. But I want to give a shout out to people like Kaylee Keller, Mary Hirsch, um, Emily Johnston, uh, trying to think, Jada Kinoshita, but they, when we first started our girls program, we had uh, two to four girls that would come and train with the, the boys. And it was a big goal of ours to try and grow this um, girls group and actually have their own group. And it, it's pretty cool um, seeing, and it, with the help of you and with the help of people like Tanya, um, we've now got two groups full of about 16 to 18 girls per group. And we actually had a wait list. Um, but this is in, this is in two to four, two to three years when we started the program to where we're at now, it's just absolutely, um, absolutely boomed. And it, it's cool to see right now when we're training, it's it's you, Tanya, um, Izzy and Robin that are out there uh, training these girls and having that kind of female influence um, for, for these girls to look up to. So I just wanna, I just want you to speak on what you've seen from from starting with training and where, where training is going with, with girls and women and is it becoming is it becoming more accepted uh what what's the change yeah i think hmm, my first time that i did like a training session in an actual gym with my team was like that bantam triple a and it was just like 
like the circuits you know like they don't really know what to do with us kind of thing like they call it the dryland training still like you're just running through ladders like doing wall sits that kind of stuff um and then like going into edge like they had a pretty good facility there and like you're just again you're just learning but it's like by the time i'm in edge like i'm 15 14 15 like just learning like that fundamental kind of like strength training stuff and then like now we have girls in our gym starting at like what 12 i think who are just like getting exposed to it but they're getting exposed to like the right things i think now like not i want to be faster so i'm going to go run through a agility agility ladder whatever like it's oh like we're gonna help get you like a bit more like foundationally stronger kind of thing so i think that's just with girls too like they're finding that part just like with the development of the sport i think like they realize now it's not only on this like on the ice it's in the gym too like it's just like that whole development process of i think just with the game in general like we're realizing doing stuff in the gym too is going to help you on the ice kind of thing and like girls getting stronger is now like a way more popular thing just in the world like yeah everywhere around the world like everybody's just girls are encouraged now to be strong kind of thing like you're not gonna get all that bulky jack kind of stuff but yeah i don't know i think it's been really cool especially to watch here like the the more girls like i said the more girls that we're bringing in and everything is getting way more popular and we're just kind of like building that culture with girls training like in the gym like off the ice kind of thing so specifically to that like your role with the girls program and tanya's obviously a big piece of this as well but We've seen both of you kind of like blow up on the girls a little bit. And this goes back to the first thing we chatted about is like how you show up and stuff like that. But um, explain like what brings you to that point where you're just like, I'm sick of this, um, why it's effective for you and just why you feel that, you know, like we do it with the guys all the time. Why can't we do this with the girls? Like it's just not acceptable anymore to just show up and go through the motions. Right. So I just want you to talk about like what impact that has on the group as a whole um, and like what leads you to kind of have those emotions yeah honestly I think I just grew up that way too Um, that was the expectation all the time but for me it's just girls are coming in all of our athletes do it those intake forms like what are their goals for the season that kind of thing and if you're telling me you want to be playing at that next level but you're showing up in here and you're not showing it like that kind of thing I think that just you know it kind of like picks at me a little bit like if you want to play at that next level and you're telling me that and I want to try and help you to do that I can't do that unless you're giving your 100% effort like it goes both ways right like we can give you an awesome program whatever we can coach you really well but if you're not putting in your like best effort either then it just kind of goes down the drain so um I know like I've done it to the girls on the ice as well. I think a very popular thing for girls is when they when they get in here, it's oh like it's like social hour kind of thing. And I just you see it like everywhere you go kind of thing. But um for me it's yes, you can be social, you can hang out, like you can say hi to your buddies and everything, but it should be more like you're working together as a group to get to, better. To get better. Yeah, yeah. You're not just here to chat kind of thing and on the ice there's been like we're just going through the motions because like I'm telling you to add in maybe like a head fake and like be more deceptive and it's just like you're not doing it right or you're just throwing your stick 
one direction kind of thing just like no intent behind anything it goes back to like what i was saying before like guys just that bring that intent all the time like don't get me wrong like sometimes they don't and you have to call Mm, them out on it but yeah i think that's just what's led me is the intensity i grew up with and was like expected to have to make those teams and like those programs like i'm trying to keep that similar for the girls right now if they want to be at that next level that's awesome i i I love that jess and and you really see it when you're when you're training uh that you you really bring that out of them now I want to know, uh, you've been a coach for a handful of years and, and part of the female development. We've talked about it lots here on ice and off ice. Uh, in your opinion, do you still think there's barriers to to the fee, uh, to to the mindset of female development in sport? Like, what do you think the challenges are? And, and you know, what what's your purpose to kind of to get past that? Honestly, my thing now is like, I grew up just not knowing a difference. I'm like, these guys are like I grew up playing boys hockey it's like it's the same thing I'm trying to do what they're trying to do um for me like in my opinion it's that knowing that there's a difference now between girls and guys hockey like I think it don't get me wrong like obviously like as we get older and everything like it's gonna you're gonna have to have that like girls can't compete with the guys just it's how it works but um I think growing up like when you know and have that difference or there's like that stereotypical guys versus girls like you can kind of like i don't know how how to explain it but like you can kind of just like fall back onto that whereas like growing up for me it was it was the same thing like i'm trying to compete with those boys kind of thing like just that level like i don't know yeah it it makes a lot of sense um i i you know I think it's just coming from a place of you, you don't really put it in two different girls and guys. It's just yeah. like, I'm trying to be the best, best hockey player that I can be and the best version of myself. And it doesn't matter whether I'm working out with guys or working out with girls. Yeah. There's a, there's a level of standard and a level of expectation you have of yourself of how you show up and, and how you compete. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I've, I've heard from, I've heard from rocks. I've heard from Alex, um, how you show up on the, on the ice and, and sometimes out battle some of these guys. Uh, which is awesome um but uh yeah what do you uh, you know i also being a lead strength coach um do you notice a difference when you work with you know obviously you lead a bunch of some of the the guys groups in here do you notice a big difference from training the guys and the girls um honestly something i think we noticed it a lot this year for me is the girls it's i think it's just the nature of girls too but like obviously they're really loud and everything and have full of energy but i love the girls culture to automatically like like support and push each other yeah i don't know if you guys have heard them when they're doing i don't know what it like a chin-up test or something like we're just trying to get the nut like a max out numbers kind of thing and you'll just find all the girls crowding around them just screaming kind of thing and like sometimes it's pretty insane and gets a little loud but I think just that culture with girls it's pretty awesome to see that when they are there like supporting each other and everything like it's it's crazy like how they all just like gather around and yeah they just get really loud like guys they do it but obviously yeah yeah, not really not to the level (laughs) of the girls like it's crazy how loud it gets in here for people who've been around a group of girls that are doing max chin up hold or whatever it's <laughs> it's pretty like, wild yeah. yeah so 
no, I, t- I completely agree. Every like girls group or girls team that we've worked with, like I, I personally, the, the, the AAA fire, the ringette teams that we work with in the in season, the volleyball teams, like they're the most fun to work with for that specific reason. They just mm-hmm. have so much energy, but in my opinion, you know, that sometimes is a substitute for actual hard work. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the girl. Like some girls are just like machines that just, and it's the same thing with guys. They're wired differently. They just love to get after it. But it's interesting to see how that group dynamic in the girls group just is like infectious to everybody. And it, yeah. like you said, it turns into a social club sometimes, but the guys are the same way. And it's interesting that, you know, they don't have that kind of group camaraderie when it comes to those situations where it's like encouraging one another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. And I think their energy levels, some of the best I've seen for sure. Before we move on to rapid fire, Jess, I got one last question. Um, if you could give one piece of advice uh, to to your younger self that could maybe be helpful to some of the girls um, that are coming up in a similar path to you or that you could have done differently, what would that piece of advice be? God. Such uh... a tough question. It is tough because I don't want to be that stereotypical, like, oh, I love everything I did kind of thing. It got me here. <laughs> um, uh, we can cut it out too. If it if it doesn't work, we don't we don't need to keep it in here. But no, no. Well, I think it's just it goes back to that, like, kind of don't have that ego and ahead of yourself. Like, you can always do more. You can always work a little harder that kind of thing like I know I got like I got kicked in the butt a few times throughout my high school years about whatever just like the way you show up all the time but Mm -hmm. uh I think that's what it is is just you can always find a way to just do a little more have a little extra in yourself yeah is there a voice that's going off in your head when you're working out (laughs) no not really just (laughs) rock screaming but yeah (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's uh, got to get after it here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's uh, that's great advice, Jess. I appreciate that. Um, now we get to one of our favorite segments, um, rapid fire. So in three seconds or less, I want to give you. I want you to give the first answer that comes to your head. The first answer that comes to your head. Least favorite exercise in the gym. Gotta be the walking lunges. Oh wow! Okay. 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 One question you hate receiving from athletes in the gym. How do I get faster? How do I get? That's a good great, one. I hate. Great can I go answer. to the bathroom? Oh, yes, you can go to the freaking bathroom. Alan, too. Yeah. God damn. We leave the next one for rocks. But uh, your your top one or two influences. Mm, like people. Yes. I'll say my brother. I'll say my brother. Okay. Perfect. Nice. Love it. Uh, this has been a a big topic this week on the whiteboard in the gym, but favorite chip flavor i'm tostitos hint of lime isn't that crazy <laughs> like I'll, just like that's like that's like saying laser yeah it's, it's like, not though the hint of lime tostito, like are you dipping it in salsa or are you just if drilling there, the bag it's an option yeah lime? but like Family that's <laughs> any time uh, of the day i could eat that chip. that's your one man you go through a hundred people and i bet you you don't see one person saying that there's two lines on the board so wow <laughs> Something not everyone knows about Jess. Quick answer. Um. Oh God. Uh, 
I don't know. It's like the hardest question ever. Yeah, that's not you can't say quick answer. Um I don't know. I like to to hike a lot. Like that's learning guitar. I don't know. Learning guitar. Wow. That's a hot trick. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I wanna okay. what can you play? Smoke uh, on just the water. like the easy chord, three chord songs. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, okay. Next time at the retreat, we're pulling out the oh guitar yeah, and you're getting time. it out around the fire. Okay. Um, most skilled player you've ever played with or against? Um, against probably the like the Potomac sisters or like I had we had Rebecca Johnson out there. Mm -hmm. Some of her practices, nice. I have to say that. What we're if we're going to Watchmen's. Saturday night and the karaoke's going. Oh God! What song are you picking? Um. <laughs> are you the type of girl like has got to go to the bathroom when it's your turn? Oh no! I love. <laughs> I'll be right back. Anything Shania, anything Shania Twain. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, another big topic in the gym. What's your favorite sports movie of all time? Or, in your opinion, the best sports movie of all time? Well, my favorite, I'll go like mo for a more recent one. I love The Blind Side. Okay. That's, okay. I think that's a Michael good Michael Oler? Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of going in combination with that, favorite sports athlete of all time? Mm. Any sport? God, you guys. Um, Holy Moses. These aren't <laughs> tough questions here. Well, my favorite defenseman, Mark Giordano. Okay. Gio? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Okay. That's Miss, Mr. Captain. I wasn't, know? I was not expecting that. Well, one, hey, no, that's uh, great. He's a it's your favorite quality guy. guy. Big character um, guy. Last one here. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, wet hair. Like loose, wet hair anywhere. Oh, my Ugh. God. That's if my I, nightmare. If Ugh. I have to touch it, <laughs> no, oh. I'll gag. Good answer. I don't mind that. <laughs> wow, that hit deep. All right, some some great answers on rapid fire from Jess. Uh, I just want to take a moment to thank Jess for coming on. We've obviously talked uh, talked extensively about how much re respect we have for her, both as a coach and a player. Um, but she's absolutely electric and such a such a positive influence for for our girls. So we're extremely lucky to have her as a part of Bold. And Jess, I uh, I can't say it enough. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you for all the the intensity that you bring to these girls, and and we're just getting started. So, um, where can if people is there? Do you have a? I was going to say, do you have a website? Uh, where can Bold people? Where your Instagram? So people, so that people aren't uh, a part of Bold. If they want to follow you, where they where can they find you? Uh, pretty much anywhere, you know, Instagram, Twitter. What's Do you have a handle? TED talk? What's your handle? Jess Condis. That's it? Yep. Underscore? Only one. Nope. Okay. I think, I don't think so. Why an underscore? <laughs> uh, no, no, no TikTok, but yeah, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yeah, that's basically it. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so you guys can find us at, uh, at Apple Podcasts. You can find some of these clips on our Instagram. Podcasts can, can be found at Pinecast, Apple, Spotify. Um, we, we are just getting started with, with our podcast. So if you guys can give us a five-star review, if you enjoy what we're talking about, we'd love it. And it just helps get our name out there. So with that being said, we've, we want to 
finish this with a message from our sponsor, which I'm going to turn it over to Rocks. Okay. This is like, this isn't a sponsorship. This is a cry for help. I'm talking to anybody who's listening. If you find a bottle of Sriracha, I need you to purchase it and bring it to Bold Athlete at Calgary, Alberta. Ship it, drive it, fly it. I need it. At Calgary, Alberta? Bold Athlete in Calgary, Alberta. Wherever, (laughs) find me. I'll pay you a weird amount of money. I am Sriracha deprived. I don't know if you know what's going on in California right now, but they're having a chili drought. And I have not had a bottle of Sriracha in my hand for way too long. If you can tell, I'm extremely passionate about (laughs) Sriracha. You might find a GoFundMe page started it's, by Rocks. Oh too. my God! I'll go to the Bottle Depot. I'll go. I'll pay you whatever you want, but I need a bottle of Sriracha in the worst way. Well, uh, I don't. I don't know if we can top that. This was a great episode. Uh, episode five. You'll see us next time, probably in about two weeks. But uh, just thank you guys for listening, and can't wait to see you next time. <laughs>